0: I got a new strategy. It's you just go kind of lick your finger a little bit like this, aim high, play the win. And then you aim high, you play the win. It's a new aiming technique that I'm working on. Before we jump into this episode, we have to thank a few companies that make this show possible. First up, Vortex Optics. We run their binoculars,
1: spotting scopes, and uh, a lot of their clothes in their Vortex wear line. Quality hoodies, sweaters and hoodies, t shirts, hats. Yep. You uh, can save yourself 20% on that stuff by, ooh, it's a new
0: code. The code TFC20. TFC20. Check them out. Next up, Trophy Line. Trophy Line. No secret, we are saddle guys. We like to hunt in saddles, make the jokes if you want, but they're super light, super effective, and we're big fans of Trophy Line. This year, we're gonna be running the mission platform or the EDP platform, depending, and uh, running the Covert Light. Yeah. Nice and light saddle. Lots of good adjustability
1: on that. I feel comfortable walking with that thing out in the woods. Go check this thing out. Use the code TFC10 to save yourself 10% on the next purchase. Next up, Prime. The bow that got me to switch back. I think I feel like I got you to switch back. You did, but but I like. But it was it's a because big part. of
0: Prime's shootability, shooting your bow, their accuracy. Uh, we're big fans of Prime. They're Michigan company. Jared's shooting the Nexus Four. Four. I'm shooting the Nexus Two this year. Go check them out. G5Prime.com. Jim and Georgia from Bivouac Bow Co. makes some beautiful bows. Everything from three-piece takedowns to one-piece wood bows. Uh, everything's really beautiful. Made in Michigan, go check them out, bivouacboco.com. We, uh, we're we big GPS map users on our phone. Um, I get tend to get lost a lot. and Jared you can o- tend to get lost J- a lot. Jared can't always be next to me. When you don't have
1: Jared with you, you can have a little Jared in your pocket. Gross. <laughs> That's an awesome platform. We know the guys. They're local here in Grand Rapids and you can actually download other apps stand locations plot locations whatever pins that you have you can download them onto the HuntWise platform so you're not you can, you you can just hit the ground and you're runner, not losing your a research try. yeah so go check this app out huntwise.com you know i was actually asked this weekend if we weren't partnered with vector and like i had to shoot a different arrow would i shoot vectors Oh yeah, for sure. And I said yes, of course. Yeah, I love them. I shoot extremely accurate with them. I've never broken one. Yeah. And the sweet thing was, is you pretty much just tell Isaac and the guys over there your draw length, draw weight, and I think your tip weight, your tip weight, and they have a, and then you customize the whole thing. and you they can do it right tip, online, cut and everything. You don't have to mess with the bow shop or anything like that. Check these guys out: VectorCustomShop.com for ten percent off your order at checkout.
0: Use TFC ten. Good luck out there. Shoot straight. Oh Anyway, so we have Dan. Dan, you want to introduce yourself and tell everybody in the uh, on the internet what you do?
2: Yeah, no, thanks for having me on here. Uh, my name is Dan Picard. I work for Eastman's. Uh, I do most of the bow hunting here in house. Uh, a little bit of everything though for the company, from writing to editing uh, to hunting and filming and everything else that you can think of, uh, digital and print media.
0: Yeah, you. Uh... We were talking before, before Jared got on here, you have a pretty cool job. I mean, like you literally get paid to go hunting. <laughs> yeah, I do. You know? Yep. Yep. It's, it's a, a
2: fraction of the year, probably a quarter of the year, but it's a big part of why I'm here. And, uh, you know, what we do here is, uh, attaining media and hunting and filming. And it's, it's awesome for sure. It's a ton of work. Uh, this is my eighth or ninth season but, uh, it never gets old.
0: Yeah. I, I was going to say like, uh, I've seen a lot of your stuff beyond the grid TV, uh, for people who are listening, right. Did I get that right?
2: Yep. Yep. Beyond the grid. Uh, we're on YouTube and uh, Vimeo and, um, what's the other platform? Wow. It's slipping my head. Vimeo. Uh,
0: YouTube.
2: Did you say YouTube? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, YouTube and, uh, waypoint tv that's the other one. I don't oh know how that's I can right think yeah, sure, yeah.
1: Sure.
2: <laughs> but uh yeah it's a digital series we also have our tv show on the outdoor channel eastman's hunting uh but yeah we're really ramping up the digital youtube series uh for sure called beyond the grid
0: yeah it's fun i uh i was telling you i, I watch i watch it on occasion like you'll i'll be at work and i'll be doing like very mindless activities or something and i'll pop a little uh hunting show on a lot of times it's, it's some of your guys' stuff a lot of western hunting which is not really what we do being in Michigan you know at least on a regular basis so it's uh, kind of exciting to watch and see you know the, the adventures you guys get yourself into
2: yep yep yeah we kind of experience a little bit of everything and you never know what you're going to run into out there whether it's grizzly bears or a moose at point blank or who knows what else
0: now you're you're in Wyoming you're outside uh you said you're outside of Cody um how far does it take for you to get to the grizzly bear country well there were actually a couple grizzly bears
2: uh euthanized down here 10 minutes from town on the river that were denning on the Shoshone river uh they're really? really expanding and running everywhere so uh, they can be down here in the Valley, but I would say as a whole 30 minutes, you're in bear country,
0: Heck, maybe even 15 minutes. That's Jared. That's from my house to your house, Jared, that, that long <laughs> of a drive, I'd be in grizz country.
1: You're in grizz country every time you come over, buddy.
0: Yeah, he does. Yeah, that's true. You <laughs> and your, you're chewing tobacco. Yeah, but... Um. <laughs> do you, uh, what's your, what's your thought? What, like, what's your opinion about like, do you like to be in the woods with the grizzly bear? Or, you know, are you are not a huge fan of that? Or what, what do you, what's, your, what's your thoughts on the grizz? Yeah, I mean, just like
2: anything else, uh, as long as it's managed uh, properly under the Western conservation model, uh, which yeah. is the North American big game model, should I say, uh, I'm good with it. But it's a political thing. Grizzly bears are 100% politically controlled. And I think that's absolute nonsense. It's kind of uh, how
0: it goes with everything, isn't it though?
2: Yeah. Anything that's controversial for whatever reason, the predators, you know, the grizzly bears and the wolves. And if you have uh, an opponent uh, like, you know, the wolf lovers and grizzly bear lovers, then you're going to have resistance. And I don't know, maybe not as many people care about elk or deer. <laughs> because right. Nobody really complains that we hunt them. So uh, definitely a yeah, controversial subject and a situation and, I do know that it's getting bad, and I think we're up to 60 grizzly bears were euthanized by game and fish agencies in the greater Yellowstone ecosystem or you know, just the the range of the grizzly bear from just problem bears to calf killers to highway fatalities. it's it's
0: crazy. It really is. Think about hitting a grizz on the highway with your car. That would be <laughs> that would be just a nuts. It would be a scene. That would be, that would be a scene. I, uh, I think grizzly are great. Like I I was telling you before the show, I go out past or around Cody. I feel like every year at some point. And I just, the idea of a bear or something else being in the woods like that is exciting. Like for us, uh, we're getting more black bears spreading in, in the state, which to me is like awesome. You know, this summer, for the first time, we had bears up in my cabin, in Big Rapids, like around. They getting in the beehives and stuff, which uh, I know was a problem for him for the guy with the beehives. But it's pretty cool to have stuff, new things around big animals, not that far away from your house. I think. Oh, definitely, definitely. No, it's just another element out there, and we have a lot of black
2: bears too. But I, mean, I don't know. I'd say we we view it a little bit differently, just because. Well, I've grown up with lions and bears, and- right wolves and stuff so it's kind of just you know ho-hum right probably yeah. take it
0: for granted but yeah that's uh squirrels i think is the equivalent jared for uh the eastern woods you know we have squirrels and the- <laughs> peppered with them you can take half of them if you want yeah
1: i can go with less
0: so uh dan how'd you how'd you get connected with eastman's i mean that's a very it's like pretty iconic well-known um hunting publication like how how do you get how do you go from you know being some guy on the street to the guy that's you know running cameras or not running in front of cameras and editing and writing and all this stuff
2: (laughs) it was kind of just by happenstance it's something that you I mean I wouldn't say that I shaped my life around it or my life goal was to work here I would say that as a kid I viewed it as something unattainable to an average Joe like me Uh, so I don't know whether you want to call it a a God thing or luck or, uh, just, you know, knowing the right people, that probably was the biggest thing, just networking and got lucky. And, uh, you know, I think God played a role in it too, but I was a hunting guide right out of college. Uh, I got a four-year degree in political science and media arts. And, uh, when I was going to college in the summers, I'd worked for the forest service in the Bob Marshall wilderness. Cool. And do a lot of horse packing, and mule packing, and and really got uh, to work with livestock a lot. Uh, so jumping back forward, the reason I I told you about the livestock use is that kind of played a big role into my guiding career and working for a few different outfitters because that's that's a skill set that outfitters look for if you're doing a backcountry style hunt is stock mm-hmm. use and being comfortable around them and knowing them. So that played a big role, but. It was actually, I had a couple gaps in my fall and I did some fill-in guiding for another outfit outside of Bozeman, Montana. And the guy that I guided with that week, he was actually a fill-in guide and he guides one or two weeks out of the year. And he at the time was writing for Eastman's and he was new ish. There as well. Uh, he'd probably been doing some work for a couple of years, but he lived in Montana as well, and he wasn't an in office guy. And it was at that point in time when Nate Simmons had left the company as basically the bow hunter, you know, the digital media guy that uh, they yeah. had here before me. And so they were kind of in limbo with, you know, not having an archery guy, but having the need for one. And I met Jordan and he was like, Man, you know, I think you'd be a great fit, you know, to do some filming and and work for Eastman's. And he told me that, you know, Guy and I said that if I could find a camera guy that I could do some bow hunts next year on video. And he's like, I think you'd be perfect for it. And I was like, heck yeah, count me in. And yeah. it was just, it was at the time of my life too, just a transitional time in my life, kind of finding direction. You know, I was a two years, three years. Post college graduate, just trying to decide what I wanted to do. And so that next fall, I drew a Wyoming deer tag and I went down and I killed a a 200 inch mule deer with my bow and then filmed six episodes that fall with Jordan for the TV show. And then that winter, they were like, hey, we need to get this Dan guy down here. And nice. they asked if I wanted to move to Wyoming and I was like, yep. You were in Montana before you say. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, outside yeah. of Bozeman. yeah. So it's only three hours away, but I mean, I was, I'm just, like I said, I was at the stage of my life where I, I could pick up and go and do anything really. And, you know, Jordan has a family and he's established in Montana and Brian Barney, kind of same thing. So they're kind of, you know, I guess you call them subcontractors for the company, but right. Um, they were looking for a full-time guy in the office. And so, yeah, I didn't hesitate. And that was in 2013 and haven't looked back since.
0: What, so you, you were, so you graduated what, 20, 2010.
2: Yes. Okay. Yep. 2010 was my, yeah. When I graduated Uh, too. Where'd you go to college? University of Montana.
0: Ah, nice. Yep.
2: Yep. Yep, Missoula. I grew up in the Flathead Valley up in Northwest Montana. Okay. Uh, So I stayed, I stayed close to home up there. I went to the community college up there for a couple of years and kind of figured out what direction I wanted to take. So I stayed close to home for the most part.
0: Poli-sci. Yeah, crazy, huh? That, that was my <laughs> major as well, actually. Oh, really? Uh, well, it was oh, poli-sci. Oh it, <laughs> it, really, it was really international relations, but it was that's like yep. under the umbrella of poli-sci, at least at Calvin, where I went to college. And so... Yep. Uh, that's what I studied. So it's, it's good to have Jared. You don't know, dude, you wouldn't even understand the political things we could talk about. We'll need
1: to. (laughs) It's very high minded (laughs) stuff. I'm sure. That's why I'm always helping you with your technical gear. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Do you see? I did this setup though. You did. I was very, and just so everyone who's listening, it has been three years since we've been doing this podcast and James is still till this day had to set up the correct way i've up this podcast oh yeah
0: well sometimes i'll get there hey hey easy so uh story no uh today i took my dog he's a quarter beagle three-quarter kevlar hey knock it off dude um i take him for a walk in like kind of like this uh like a i don't know big chunk of public land and basically let him run around a little bit now he's stuck on you gotta stop it buddy um and so I'm, I'm walking out and this old guy comes up in a minivan and he's just kind of rolling like idle speed, maybe three miles an hour. And so I go on the other side of the car and I'm talking to him before he gets there. I'm trying to get calm at my dog to come across the road and he's not coming. He's doing some dicking around. And uh, finally he decides to quick run across the road, right? As the car is there. And all of a sudden I hear <laughs> the car, either he ran into the car or the car hit him today going like three miles an hour and i'm like oh no the guy's like shouldn't laugh i think i hit your did i did i just hit your dog i'm like yeah i think he hit my dog but he was he's fine obviously uh so, so he, my dog got hit by a car today but he's fine oh, wow. no big deal <laughs> uh no so anyways polysty. um sure. that's interesting do you did you ever have it where you're like man am i what am i doing i'm I'm working for an outdoor in the outdoor industry, and this is not what I plan. Probably planned for my life, going to school for for poli sci, or, or is this kind of something that you kind of thought was happening the whole time?
2: Yeah, no, I I didn't really have it planned. My intent with poli sci was to be a teacher. Mm. Uh, I I would call it my backup plan. <laughs> sure. <laughs> when I was at the age, but you know, my minor in media arts, I was very interested in filming, and we grew up filming all our hunts and so i just wanted to get better at it and do the video editing and and i really enjoyed that and i kind of got to the point where i was like man i should have done media arts as a major and it was kind of too late to turn back and i'm one of those guys that at at the time i was like well if if i can just get a four-year degree you know, a lot of employers, that's, that's what they want is it says you're, you're trainable and you know, you're hireable. Yeah. You got your BA and you're, and you're good. And so that's kind of where I was. And I didn't have like a, a specific, you know, passion to be a, you know, high school government teacher,
0: you know? So (laughs) it sounds bad, actually. Not (laughs) going to lie. You have to be a, a patient person, you know? Oh yeah. A lot of sure. idiots in high school. I know I was an idiot in high school and I know, I knew Jared in high school and I can tell big, you, big, total idiot, idiot. <laughs> not a brain to be had.
2: Yeah. I'm I'm glad it, I went, came this other direction and I got into guiding and I was like, man, this is great. And I, I didn't own a house at the time or anything, so I could work seasonally. And it was a cool gig with the outfit that I worked at where I did, a, you know, ranch work all spring and summer, and I rode drift boats and did fly fishing trips and hunting Sweet. in the fall. So it was a cool gig for eight months out of the year. I stayed pretty darn busy.
0: Yeah, and the other two you slept, or the other four you slept to uh, to make up for lost sleep. You, you, you don't did. get a lot of sleep as a guide, it seems like.
2: Nah, no. That's why I don't really miss it. I don't do too much of it anymore. <laughs> so be-
0: beach the tarati
2: or what? It, oh, it does. It's yeah, especially the five week Montana general season. Uh, your October twenty fifth to the Sunday after Thanksgiving. So it's cold, it's windy, yeah. and five AM mornings every morning, saddling horses and riding up the mountain in the dark, and it it really takes it out of you for sure.
0: Yeah, uh, we talk about this sometimes, Jared and I. Like we'll go on longer trips, uh even just like deer hunting out here, out East, uh, where we're camping or something. Uh, it seems like day four or so, three or four in a row where you get up, you get your, you strap your tree saddle and, you know, your sticks to on and you get to the tree and you got to climb up the tree and it's all the each stick you have to mess around with you to set your platform. You have to pull up all your stuff. And it's like a couple days of it's fine, but you hit a point where it's like, man, this, this feels very tedious. I think I might just hunt on the ground today, mm-hmm. you know, so I would imagine if you're working for somebody else, saddling horses and doing like way more stuff that that's, that's rough.
2: Yeah, for sure. And it gets better after a year or two, then you got return clients and guys that want to hunt with you every year. And then you kind of know what to expect. But in the beginning, I mean, you're, you're not having any idea on who you're getting paired with or who you're hunting with and you don't know their abilities. You don't know if they can even get on a horse. Number yeah. one. Mm-hmm. And so then you got to work around that. And so it's, it's definitely stressful.
1: Can you How get do you on pl- horse How do you plan for that? Like, do you have just different hunting methods and styles and locations you can get to based off of your clients?
2: Yeah, for sure. You can yeah. only hunt as, as good as your client can hunt. I mean, that's kind of the rule yeah. of thumb. I
1: mean, that's, yeah.
2: So, so then yeah. You, ha-
1: you have a bunch of backup plans ready to go.
2: Yes. Yeah. Like five or six different plans and you go to exhaust all of them or you kill one.
0: When you see a couple of guys like, you know, Jared and I show up young gohards, like you take them far out and just like, you know, give them a real hunt or how does that, how do you decide that?
2: Yeah. I mean, depending on what experience you're looking for would kind of shape that as well. I mean, I don't want to do something that you don't want to do. And, and I, I had young guys that were like, I don't care what we have to do. I just want to kill a bull. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, well, we're going to do whatever we have to do. And if that's camping up on the mountain in a tent, we'll do that. But I mean, it was a lodge hunt, so it wasn't like, no. you know, super hardcore of a outfit to go elk hunting. It, I wouldn't say it's a fat man's hunt. We still had to, you know, work our tails off, but we're coming back to the lodge every night and good meals and that sort of thing. And if that's we got, pretty sn- sweet. yeah, no, it was, it was cool it was cool if we got snow then we were, we were shooting elk down by the the barn by the highway so it, sure. it, if you have the right weather it was pretty easy but on days or seasons that you didn't have the snow and you didn't have the weather then you're going up on top of the mountain like a five six mile horse ride one way and staying until dark and then riding down in the dark so
0: yeah yeah jared loves to hunt the highway deer love the highway the deer love the highway, <laughs> the
2: love the highway. <laughs> yep yeah it's amazing actually i've been watching a lot of youtube videos on whitetail hunting and you know what these guys are doing out there and and shooting big bucks by the road
0: oh yeah yeah, yeah the, the, the biggest the biggest bucks i've seen the last couple of years have been this year and a piece of land that's not far off the road uh and I've seen them a lot. So I don't know, man. You know what? They're always dead on the road. Like they have to be near it at some point. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you wait yeah. long enough, they're gonna show up. Uh, that's
2: that's how you do your scouting. You just drive the highway and see how many roadkill you find.
0: I, I will say I that's not yeah, a bad idea though. Not a bad I might idea. Take I I have in the past planning a hunt out of state and the hunt looked at those numbers in counties. To determine where I hunt.
1: I'm not oh, yeah. gonna That's not a bad statistic to, to check out. A little nerdy, Honestly.
0: but I wanted to get it right. You know what I'm saying? When it comes down to two counties that you're not sure about, any any numbers
1: that can put it over the edge. I'm I'm taking into consideration. <laughs> yep. There's either a lot of deer there or a bunch of idiots being like, But you can't hit that deer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. Just hunting with a car. Oh, that's cool. So so you are at Eastman's now. Um, and you said, you know, you have a, a couple a brief part of the year where you're you're going hard and hunting and, and kind of that's doing that cool thing uh, the rest of the year you're you're creating what do you write you're writing articles you said what what other kinds of things are you doing
2: yeah i do blogs for our e-blast i write articles for the magazine i'll i'll do rough cuts of my episodes so i'll kind of put the story together and then send it to our editor that does all the final touches so i'll do a little bit of that uh then part of like uh tag hub is our research section or the MRS section, the members research section in the magazine. I do the state of Utah. So all the statistic and odds and research for that. Uh, I do that uh, as well. And that takes up a fair par- portion of the spring, you know, as application season is ramping up, I'm pretty busy with that. And then we do a bunch of, you know, shows and the networking and live events uh, so, you know, SHOT Show and ATA I've gone to a few times. Uh, so that's always a lot of fun meeting with sponsors and, you know, seeing hunting buddies. And uh, so, yeah, networking, I would say, is, is probably a big part of what we do here as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's about relationships, just like with anything.
1: Uh, yeah, so absolutely. That,
2: yeah. So that's a, a big part. And Like last summer, we went down to uh, uh, Black Rifle Coffee Company and we did a live event for them. Basically, uh, I wouldn't say a how to on to hunt elk and mule deer in the high country, but just kind of a Western hunting class if yeah. for people that want to get into it. Uh, so we, we have a, a variety of different events that we do and potential that we can do just depending on what a host wants us to do.
0: So you're, uh, you're into actively, uh, recruiting new hunters. Is that the recruit retain?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: You're into yep. That. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's a big part of the company's yeah. uh, mission statement for sure
0: absolutely yeah it's a it's a debate that seems to be starting right now which is an interesting thing Uh, yep it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with that the what is it r what's the other r in r3 Uh, retain recruit recruit something else with an r yeah i I don't know anyways yeah that's cool that's really cool um and you get a lot of time to, to go hunting yourself i'm hoping
2: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a lot of hunting time for myself. Bow hunts, you know, starting in August. I didn't even draw an antelope tag this year. Going back to the recruitment, there's so many hunters now. You can't hardly get a tag that I right. used to get. Yeah, I, I can't hardly get tags anymore. So I went without an antelope tag last year. Uh, I did some general hunts in September, and so September's definitely my most busy month. I think I was home maybe three or four days out of the whole month. Nice and. Uh, most bow seasons are winding down by the middle of October. And so I'll hunt with buddies and and film for beyond the grid. We have, man, we killed a lot of big bulls this year. We killed th- uh, four bulls over 345 this year. So we have a lot of elk coming up, uh, all public land stuff. Uh, my, my wife, she drew five tags this year. She killed her first bull and a couple antelope and so, man, it was a busy year, but I do a lot of filming in October. And then I love deer hunting. I love whitetail hunting. So I always uh, try to get out and do a November whitetail hunt somewhere.
0: You going anywhere this year? Did you go anywhere this year? I,
2: I drew a, a type three tag in Wyoming this year, which is a whitetail only tag for the month oh, okay. of no, November. And yeah, I shot a, a four point uh, down. Oh, well, I guess you call an eight. That's an eight back. pointer. For yeah. Us
0: yeah yeah exactly, exactly. thank you yeah i need
2: to work on my lingo i am buying <laughs> points in iowa though I, i'm gonna go Bohan, iowa here and probably uh, i need two more points so
0: that's a six-year thing right iowa
2: three points it is yeah i think we're i'm um, yeah north the how north we do that jared
0: uh, maybe i'm doing that because we're yeah, idiots yeah we are idiots. We're it too, takes planning we're just too lazy. yeah we're not well planning.
2: How, you, how, what's What's Iowa border? Is Michigan that doesn't border Iowa, does it? You got Minnesota?
0: I wish it did. Minnesota does on, I think, the corner. Yep.
2: yep. Okay. So, I mean, if you guys were going to go hunt whitetails out of state, where would you go?
0: Uh, well, we did Wisconsin two years ago. Okay. We did a little hunting actually in West Virginia last year. Mm-hmm. Um, this year nice. we did an Island in the, uh, up in Michigan, 11 miles off the coast, which is really cool. Um, I don't know where are we going to, we should find another, I think actually this January, I'm going to January, mid January, try to head down to Alabama. Cause they have like a, a late run that like nice. starts in yep. January, which I've never hunted before and, um, would really like to check. Plus it's like new vacation days as uh, they start new year so it's like i get bonus i've basically used all my vacation days is is what i'm trying to say so <laughs> right, I, right. I, I can't do any out-of-state hunts until january 1 um so anyways yeah i mean stuff like that but if i had to like pick one i, I don't know i don't know I, they're all different I, like i've hunted illinois you've hunted illinois jared i don't know
2: nice yeah no that's the cool thing is you have so many options back east the states are smaller you don't right (laughs) we all this out west our states are so big and to drive across it's like if you're going to go anywhere any that has any distance i mean it's going to be a long drive or you got to fly but
0: yeah you guys i will say out west you you tolerate longer drives
2: oh yeah and Mm -hmm. the farther
0: east you go Like I went, so I went to law school in New Jersey. And if something was 10 minutes away, that's too far. That's, you don't, that's like, that's like a century away. Wow. I think around us, like 20 minutes, 20, maybe 25 is like reasonable for a drive.
2: Gotcha. Yep. Yep.
0: That's why Jared living in BF door, which is like 30 minutes away. That's too far, man.
1: (laughs) No, you, the thing is he moved away. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah that's true so how how can you argue with that i got nothing to say (laughs) i'm saying so yeah um
2: yeah Uh, well yeah just everything's so spread out i'm i'll I'll drive two two hours to go fishing you know in the summer yeah which is brutal man
0: yeah if you could go 10 minutes down the road and just pop in a some kind of retention pond and pick out some bass i mean that's (laughs) that are chomping on fertilizer and yeah they're weird looking yeah You don't want to eat those fish, Mm -mm. but they are. You can find some (laughs)
1: giant bass in some of those ponds. Yes, you can. Some some lunkers. Oh, no doubt. That's
2: funny you say that because I was looking at our stocking reports in Wyoming, and I could only find one lake that has bass in Wyoming in North Central Wyoming. Yeah, we just don't have them out here, but we have a lot of trout. And usually, if I'm going to drive two or more hours to go fishing, it's I can also. Yeah, fly fish and I'm also scouting for elk or whatever. Definitely yeah. like a multi purpose trip.
0: Yeah. No, that's that's very understandable. And actually most of the time that I'm fishing here around here, I'm doing the same thing. I think to I check would check out places.
1: I think I would enjoy the more I think I would enjoy the, the two hour drive out. Cause every time I go on the lake, at least around in the area, there's boats on the lake, there's other people on there. I would just want to go away and go fishing. You know, if I there's no know. one else around, I'm yeah, just no. down on the river, just psh, casting back and we, forth. You know what? Michigan yep. is is a good
0: fly fishing state, like the Pier Marquette, yeah, and stuff. Are, are and I just don't. I that's one uh, the one hobby that I I don't know if I have the uh, capacity to add in my life right now. The capacity <laughs> or the hand eye coordination? Well, no, I got, dude. Are, you're talking hand eye coordination. You're talking to the. They call me Jimmy the Cat because of this <laughs> hand eye coordination. <laughs> no that's that's cool it's interesting how that goes like you know oh sometimes i'm like i go up to my cabin to hunt it's like that's an hour away that's kind of a long drive you know to go hunting and uh it's not two hours that's for sure yep yep um so you this year i was just we were talking ahead of time you uh did some uh, elk hunting this year and some of your your videos actually just came out i think one i was watching from your profile uh big i think it's called big and all caps public land and then bulls and all caps. Yep. Yep.
2: I, I had to look cause I was like, which hunt was that again? But <laughs> yeah, that was like Eight. a four, it was four years ago and it was, it was a great hunt. It was a lot of fun. And, and I ended up killing a smaller bull than I hoped, but uh, you know, that's, that's hunting. That's why it's called hunting and not killing because it's such a challenge out there on, they call you know, that
0: pulling the Jared. <laughs> you know oh Oh, there's got to be a story for that oh it's you know it's it's life you know i mean his life tells the story (laughs) story it's my life oh man oh we kid we kid no that's uh although yeah i'm yeah yeah jared i won't i won't even say anything else
1: Thank you. You're gonna yeah, beat a man Jared down, was on obviously. a
0: tear, actually. Up until this season, you were, you were on a, a good hot streak of deadliness. You left a wake of destruction in the woods. But we'll hit, hit cold you're, cold, you're ice cold right now, which is why I record remotely. I don't want any of that to rub off on me. Can you hear it? <laughs> oh, my voice is awful right now. He shook. So... Um, so, yeah, so you, uh, so as part of the, this magazine, you go on these hunts, how are you planning it? Like, do, have you planned next year? I know you're, you're talking about Iowa, but are you, are you looking at, you know, going to Alaska or going to other States or how does that work?
2: Yeah. I, I have my dream hunt category and then I have the practical hunt category and it's been a couple of years since I've done anything too extreme. I mean, I still hunt out of state, whether it's Idaho or Colorado or Montana, but, um, yeah, Alaska is always on the list. I really want to get up there and hunt caribou and I really want to go hunt a uh, sick of blacktail on Kodiak Island. Yeah. Yeah. Those are probably the top on the top of my list on uh, hunts that I want to do, but you know, you're talking budgets and all that stuff and everything, you know, we have a lot of different hunts in the office and I can do, you know, hunts here in Wyoming or Idaho or Montana for just a fraction of what it costs to go do a hunt in Alaska, just cause of the travel, of course. So,
0: but you, uh, well, yeah, I was going to say, so, I mean, a, a caribou is not, I mean, you can do caribou cheap. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah but you want to fly in guide or or what what do you, what would you do for caribou?
2: Yeah, no, I mean, there's a couple different options. Yeah. you fly in and get dropped, uh, there's always the haul road. It gets a lot of pressure, but you can do that from a truck. And
0: I was uh, looking at doing that. Is that worth it?
2: Uh, Well, some guys are successful at it and I think there's, it, it takes a couple of years to figure it out and to be successful and it's a timing thing too because I've heard guys that go up there and it's a ghost town for caribou and then other years they go up there and there's caribou everywhere so it's a timing thing the luck thing yeah Uh, but yeah I think it's worth it to go up there and do it I know a lot of guys do it so there's pressure but it's not like you're hunting resident animals. So they're just moving through and you just got to get in front of them basically. So it's a pretty straightforward strategy. It's just a matter of being there and spending the time up there.
0: That's a crazy thing to drive all the, or to fly out to Alaska, rent a truck and you can drive literally the, the the height, like the bottom to top of the entire state of Alaska, which is that's wild.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's like 14 hours or something.
0: Yeah. I hate long trips, man. I could not, I can't do it. Oh, I would, I would love that. I'm actually looking at doing that this year because I I figure the whole time you're driving uh, caribou are in play. Like you can stop and jump out, make a stock.
2: Yep. Yep. And that's the cool thing too, is you can hunt them right off the road. And I've had friends that have been up there later in the season when nobody's up there. I mean, it's 10 degrees, but you know, photos of big bull caribou right out of their vehicle off the hall road. Yeah, but nobody wants to be up there on October tenth when it's (laughs) ten degrees and it's miserable
0: and dangerous on that road. That's Ice Road Truckers Road.
2: Exactly, exactly. It's definitely dangerous.
0: Yeah, so those guys are doing. They made a whole show about it. It's so dangerous. It's a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. So that's cool. So you're saying your your number one dream hunt is the uh, is the is caribou or or sick and or and or sick blacktail up in uh, Kodiak.
2: Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say that's my number one dream hunt. My number one dream hunt would be Kamchatka moose with a bow in Russia.
1: Okay. Yeah. And they actually
2: just made bow hunting legal there in Russia.
1: And so bow hunting great again.
2: Exactly. Exactly. They, they definitely hunt a little different over there, but it's, it's fun to get onto YouTube and you can look up kimchaka moose hunting and you know see all those giant bulls and stuff but i love moose that would be probably number one on the list or marco polo with a bow but yeah. as far as attainable hunts uh yeah definitely alaska like you say i mean you can do the haul road on the cheap really and then yeah. some of the blacktail hunts you can as well three years ago i went up to uh out of wrangle alaska it's southeast alaska and i was going to go hunt on uh, prince of wales island uh, for blacktail and man i got up there and then it was just seven days straight of rain and we didn't even get to go hunting and we ended up salmon fishing the whole time but we got eight inches of rain in seven days and there's all these landslides and it was crazy and i was like what are the odds of this
0: happening what what a week what a week to be there
2: (laughs) yeah exactly but i mean once again that's not very expensive to go do do a hunt like that i mean yeah that's like
0: a dream i mean you are I mean and that i guess what makes it great is you can get rained out or you know you get into whatever but that's yep. a pretty attainable hunt that those uh those hunts out there uh, i would say if i had to pick a, no jerry what would your uh hunt you could pick No, no you
1: keep going you keep going
0: man <laughs> you don't hunt a man jared you don't hunt a man what do you what would you hunt It doesn't have to be uh, even a, a like a the hunt of a lifetime. Like if you could pick next year, what would you hunt? That, anything? Man, white tails with your good pal James. Sure. <laughs> wow, <laughs> you've been a turkey man lately. I could see turkey. Just some turkey paradise place.
1: I have paradise. I know right where it is. It's true. Every year, every
0: year, <laughs> repeatable. <laughs> yeah, we've oh. got a spot that Jared has picked out out here in Michigan that. Every opening morning he goes out that turkey's unless you miss like that turkey's going down
1: I mean I know where they roost There's yeah and yeah. partnering around anywhere else but I think yeah. if I had a good like one good choice next year if I wanted to go do something it'd definitely be an elk hunt yeah I want to hear I want to hear them dogs bugling on the side yeah. of the mountain that's
0: different for us Dan. we you don't I mean? don't I'm, get that around here
1: When i' I've, I've never I mean I've heard <laughs> elks bugle um but doing it, seeing it and hearing it in person, you know, actually feeling that reverberatory sound up close that I hear yep. everyone talk about. I want to hear that.
2: Yep. For sure. I mean, that's a reason right there. Why it's, it's my favorite thing to do is to bow hunt elk. That's the number yeah. one. Yeah. For, for the, I mean, largely for that reason.
0: I can see that Jim. About, I told you, man, I want to hunt a man. No, I, uh, I think, Next year, if I could pick some, I want to do a caribou hunt. I've been looking at caribou. Moose is high up there too. Um, those are kind of the two probably top ones for me. So I hope to do one this year. I, elk is there. I've done, I've hunted elk, never gotten an elk, so, but it's not as high as the other as, as caribou or moose. So,
2: yeah. Yep.
0: Um, yep. so you got, you, what do you have planned for next year?
2: Well, nothing a hundred percent yet, but I really want Alaska to happen. <laughs> so yeah. some sort of Alaska, um, hopefully will happen uh, this year coming up. Just, it seems like, you know, the travel restrictions with COVID and getting up there and being able to, you know, do all that stuff is a little more attainable now. And I'm getting that itch to, to get back up there. So whether it's uh, blacktail or caribou, I'm not quite sure yet, but, uh, yeah, that's on the list, and then of course two elk hunts. I I tried to get an Idaho elk tag the other day when they went on sale on December first, and yep. yeah, me
0: too. Yeah, Jared did too. <laughs>
2: yeah, that failed. I was big 30, thirty minutes late. I was like, oh crap, I missed the. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, so I was my number was twenty four thousand in line. <laughs> I was
1: twelve thousand four hundred and fifty something.
2: Nice, that's yeah, pretty he good. He was right I mean, on I, it.
1: There were there were definitely zones available when I came up, but yep. Um, being a veteran, there's a, there's a pretty slick deal to go there. Oh yeah. I mean, you get in-state fee, like in-state tag, like resident price tags.
2: Yep. Yep.
1: So those were sold out so quick. I mean, you gotta be top, top three, 400. Yeah. You and Josh were looking at doing that, right? Yeah. Josh Ilderdin from the untamed. We were looking on going there, but they was, I mean, there's all like Northern panhandle areas and yep, exactly. places so yeah, just, I'm I'm sure they're elk hit there, but the success rate in those areas are just down. There's a reason they're available.
2: At exactly.
1: 12, so
2: exactly, exactly. Yeah. I I fell for one of those last year and I bought a tag that nobody else wanted. <laughs> <laughs> and I go and I look the harvest statistics, and I, I looked at the the previous three years and. It was 8%, 1%, and 5%. And I was like, uh-oh. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I hunted it for, I did six days in there. And there was, I, I covered a ton of country. And I only fought, found one spot where there, there were elk. And really? I killed a five point, but there so- there wasn't a lot of elk in there. Oh, by the he way. Goes- it's
0: still Oh, yeah, I still killed a five point. Must be nice. Yeah, that's <laughs> what happens when you're a guide you got that guide uh, that guide eye i feel like guides can just you guys who have ever been yeah, a guide I'm have hubris, a hubris more like yeah like it could be humorous well and that's not he still went out and shot a that's true five point in a bet and a one per he's a one percenter is what he is
2: not nah, i wouldn't say that but it's <laughs> it's just like anything i i do it all the time and so you just you figure it out and so if if you, if you guys did something i mean could I go to Michigan and find a
0: turkey? Probably not. Jared could. Jared. Jared could up and down the street, right? Jared. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's funny. Yeah. So wow. it's
2: just a matter of living out here, and you know, I, I had some intel for the area. Well, I I, w- I guess I wouldn't say that much. I talked to the biologist, and he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, there's plenty of elk around." And I'm like, "Why is the harvest success too low and or so low?" And he's like, "Well." You know, it's 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 kind of a thick area, and it's really crunchy out there, and it's just hard to sneak up on them. And I was like,
0: "What?" what Everybody says for bad spots, real thick in there.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. No, exactly. I could tell he's giving me the runaround. It's funny. I like to call biologists to any any unit I go, and you can tell within five minutes if they're just full of it, yeah, or if they're trying to steer you away from an area because you figure out what questions to ask them and their response you can kind of have an idea if okay i should be looking here or i shouldn't be right and so usually most of the intel that i get and i really use this technique if i talk to somebody and they're like oh yeah i'll help you out and and they'll tell me an area it probably is not very good
0: really okay so then how do you figure out which area is good by what question do you ask for that
2: well number one anybody that I mean, and I'm talking like if it's not a buddy, and I, it, it, I'll usually do like a hunt trade with somebody, so you actually have like you know quality intel. But if right. I'm just talking to a biologist or locals or something, or you know somebody that claims they're, they they want to lend me free information on Instagram or whatever, it's it's probably not good information, or they want to steer me in the wrong direction or keep me out of a certain area, and so it's just a matter of just looking at maps and seeing where people say I should go check out and marking those off the list and going in these other areas and kind of a process of elimination. And then I just build a strategy to go down there in, in an area. If I don't have time to scout it prior, you know, spend a week and Mark areas off the list. I mean, there's either going to be elk there or elk sign there, or there's not going to be, and you keep moving. Right. Exactly. And, so, and so, yeah, it's, it's literally that simple, but it just uh, does take, boots on the ground to get it figured out usually but uh you know i'll ask biologists or whatever i'm like is, th- is there a certain part of the unit like a northern or southern portion of the unit that there's more elk or you know do they prefer one type of habitat or the other like and i'll you know cite instances where you know i can see on google earth or whatever it's open country mm-hmm. and you I know see. Yeah. or okay. whatever and there, you can tell by the response like oh they'll winter here and another thing i'll i'll ask them too is you know, is, is there any landowner? Do, are you guys getting complaints of landowner uh, problems with elk or deer hitting their pivots and they're complaining about you know depredation? Because usually, most of this country, there'll be private land and egg fields at the base of the mountains, and then up on the mountains, it's public, so I can get in there. And usually, the elk will come down the mountain, hit the egg fields, and then go back up onto public and in bed for the day and that's that's a very general statement but sure. that hap- that happens yep. in a lot of areas out west they Do the
0: same thing out east but they go to the fields and then they you know they bed in the swamps or whatever yep. at night or yep. during the day
2: <clears throat> exactly and so you know an out al- or a, a biologist might be like yeah so and so down there by you know this town he he's been having problems or, you know, we've, we've had to spook elk off his place or, and then I'm like, okay, well, probably that public above that property or that parcel is worth looking at. Cause yeah. I know there's going to be animals there. So it's stuff like that, that I try to, I never ask anything direct because let's be real. If you're like, Hey, where's where the, all the big bulls you're going to get laughed yeah. at or whatever. Yeah. Um,
0: mm-hmm. Or they're just like, wow. There's a lot of bulls you just have to put in the work to find it or exactly like that, you know? yeah. yeah exactly exactly. We've talked we've when we look out east we'll we'll do those. We'll I'll, I'll call the biologists usually. And like you said, you don't really get I don't know I, I feel like every time I comment I'll get great information. Um, but I look at harvest statistics and you know we've talked about on the show before, but I'll look at land for sale or like hunting lease leases in the area. Yep. Uh, Because by us, people will post trail camera pictures on their hunting leases that they're trying to lease out. So it's like, well, what's the quality of deer in here? And if you're seeing, you know, some basket eights, it's like, well, if that's what he's bragging about, I'm guessing the area is not one, you know, great, or at least it gives you another point of, of intel before making the decision to jump into a spot.
2: Yep. Yep. No, exactly. Exactly. I'll do that all the time too. If I have a tag for somewhere and I'll, look up that unit and the outfitters and see what kind of animals are taken. I mean, all the outfitters post all, you know, their kills. So you can have an idea and a lot of outfitters, there's enough public land out here. They're hunting public. So you know, what's out there. If you just do right. a little digging on the outfitters for your area,
0: just put in the homework and you can, uh, you can figure it out. Right. Jared. Always, man. Always. All right. Well, yep. Dan, we're, uh, we're coming up on time here. Um, we, we promised we wouldn't keep you all night. I know you gotta get home and, and stuff, but Hey, um, for people who want to you know, check out Eastman's or watch the show that you produce or follow the things that you're doing, how should they, how should they do that?
2: Yeah, we're on all social media platforms. Uh, YouTube, uh, Eastman's hunting journals, uh, is our, uh, login or our uh, account name on YouTube. Uh, same with Instagram and Facebook. Of course you can stay mm-hmm. in touch with us, us there. Eastman's.com tag hub. Uh, we have all that on our website where you can get uh, connected with the magazine and all our videos, uh, well in the magazine, the, the hunting journal and the bow hunting journal, we have two different publications. Uh, so yeah, kind of all outlets, anything media, we're probably on it. Uh, we're on the outdoor channel as well, uh, during weeknights. I don't know what our new times Waypoint are TV too. Yeah. Waypoint TV. All our seasons are on there. Yep. But, uh, yeah, beyond the grid TV on Instagram, uh, we're on there posting teasers and gripping grins and all the good all, stuff all sorts of fun content digiscope content i love elk i post a lot of elk stuff
0: <laughs> awesome So, yeah. well, hey man we appreciate it uh, hopefully we'll have you back on sometime
2: heck yeah thanks for having us guys i appreciate
0: it thanks absolutely
1: hey everybody thanks for listening to this episode we really do appreciate it if you want to go on to any kind of social media platform give us a like share subscribe you know it really help us out keeps the train rolling and if you guys really like what you're listening here, give some five stars. Either star way, if even if you don't like it. Even if you don't like it. Five stars. That'd Helps cool. everyone out. You see you out
0: there.